Welcome to the next installment of the uh, Campaign Tips and Tactics Podcast, sponsored by American Majority. I'm your host, Chris Faulkner. Today we're going to be talking about direct mail. And obviously direct mail is something near and dear to my heart. This is something I deal with every day. I get asked a lot of questions, though, from candidates, campaigns, and uh, committees sometimes about you know how they can improve their mail, things they can do differently, how they can, of course, save money. So what I want to do is I want to run through a couple of quick things that any campaign of any size can do to save money on their mail and at the same time still have a very professional-looking uh, direct mail piece. Um, and again, these tactics are just as good for people uh, who are running for county council as the people running for president of the United States. One of the first things when it comes to mail is pictures. You gotta have some decent photos. It just amazes me that somebody's willing to spend sometimes ten, twenty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars on getting a mail piece out. At the same time, they're too cheap to spend fifty bucks on getting a nice photo done. Spring for some decent photos, and just because you have a digital camera does not mean you are a photographer. Please find a professional photographer who understands lighting and things like that and make sure you get a good spread of photos wearing different shirts, different clothes, in different positions, talking to different people and that whole deal. Get those photos done early and then over the course of the campaign continue to take good photos. Take your digital camera, crank up the resolution as high it will go, as high as it will go and have that big kind of treasure chest of photos you can always go back to for your and not just for your uh, your mail, for your website, for any kind of printed material or anything you're going to do that's going to involve those photos. And sometimes even for TV ads, you may run a small like a cheap cable ad that uses a bunch of still photos and a voiceover instead of actual video. So photos can always be helpful. Another thing to do if you uh, live in an area where you have some supporters that are tech savvy enough is have a Flickr site. Get a, a shared Flickr site and ask your supporters to go ahead and upload photos that they take of you. For instance, it was a campaign I worked with and they had a parade. So one of the volunteers follows the candidate up and down the parade route as the candidate shaking hands, taking photos. At the end of the parade route, what do we have? We have 15 barely focused, kind of sweaty, bad angle photos. A better way to go about doing that is send out an email alert to all your supporters that are going to the, to the parade. Hey, we really appreciate if you could take photos and tell them, give them the instructions, make sure they put their cameras up on high resolution. And then, after the parade, ask them to upload all those photos to the Flickr site. So what you get is a great confluence, kind of a community shared effort, where instead of having 15 kind of bad photos to choose from, you'll have 200 <laughs> Some of certainly, of course, will still be bad photos to choose from. <coughs> Excuse me. But at least your odds are going to be better that you're going to have some good photos and even some different angles or some things you hadn't originally thought of. And there are some great amateur photographers out there who will probably give you some material to work with that you hadn't necessarily planned on. So, again, some different things when it comes to photos. Next, I want to talk about lists. You've got to have a decent list. Um, and you need to make sure that list has been checked through some sort of uh, NCOA program or some sort of uh, certification program. Usually it's uh, software certified by the U.S. Postal Service. A professional mail vendor is going to offer that service to you either at a small fee or at no cost depending on the size of mailing you're going to do with them. If you're doing this from home, well then you're going to want to make sure that your list is as good as possible because you want to save your postage and printing costs by not mailing to a bunch of people that uh, don't live there anymore. Another thing too, of course, householding. This is just really should be a given, but you should definitely not send one piece of mail to every person on your list. You should 
send one piece of mail to every household on your list. Any mail vendor who says you get a mail to every person is just basically a shyster who's trying to take your money. Make sure that your list is householded. Another thing you want to do is you really want to take a look at your piece of mail. And, and again, it doesn't matter what universe size. And you don't want to just take a look at a PDF and say, hey, this is a good piece or a bad piece. You, know, you really want to take a couple steps back and you want to ask yourself, what are you trying to accomplish with this mail piece? Are you trying to tell a story? Are you trying to drive traffic to your website? Are you trying to tear down your opponent? Are you trying to highlight an issue? Are you trying to get information from the voters? Whatever you're trying to do, ask yourself if your mail piece is really accomplishing that. And then what I would encourage you to do is have a press proof or a printout of your mail piece Go out to your mailbox, take out your mail for the day, and then shove your mail piece in there. Flip through your mail quickly, and then ask yourself if your mail piece is still effective. Nine times out of ten, the answer is going to be no, it's probably not. It may have looked good on your computer screen, computer screen as a PDF. It may have even looked good when you printed it out. But when you shove it in with the rest of your mail, the ads, the flyers, the bills, the catalogs, it's not going to be as effective. What's often going to make that mail piece more effective is going to be better visuals and less words. I'm not saying larger font, and I'm not saying your mail piece has to be the size of a, you know, fold-up tourist map. What I am saying is that you need to go with powerful visuals and less wording. We live in a, data, a digital age now. Most campaigns now are going to have some sort of web presence. You're going to have a website. What you really want to do is you want to skip some of the really specifics of your policy or your, your message. Put those on your website. Encourage people to visit your website if they have more questions. Most people are only going to give your, your mail piece kind of a cursory look anyway. So you may need to make sure that whatever it is you're trying to leave that person with is something they're going to see on the mail piece. If they want to read all 15 points of your plan to save Social Security, direct them to your website. If you have a 25-point plan on how to improve the streets and drainage system in your town, okay, fine, put it on your website. But you don't need to put that on your on your mail piece in a point font that nobody can read. So again, be frugal with people's attention, just as you are with your own time and your own money, because people don't have a lot of attention span, and certainly for politics, and certainly for a piece of mail they're going to get. Mail can be very effective, often when it's used in repetition. I would encourage people, you know, not necessarily just to do one mail piece. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a mail vendor and I want you to spend money with me. What I would say just as a medium, mail tends to work best when it's repeated. And the theme, of course, whether it's on radio, mail, uh, email, or whatever, ideally you're going to be repeating the same theme in all your different mediums of advertising. So it's really going to come through strongly. Some other ways that you can really kind of save, uh, save some money with your mail is to make sure that you're doing a targeted list. Take a look at your district or your area, and maybe you're using some sort of uh, list management system through the Republican National Committee or someone else that allows you to really target down maybe just women or maybe just a particular age group or people who have a certain um, maybe uh, issue affiliation or maybe even a religious affiliation. Maybe you're just trying to reach Catholics. Um, whatever that parameter is, make sure you're using that to to refine your list. Another way to give your mail some more bang, and this of course is much more of a relationship thing here, is if you have some relationships with some bloggers out there, making sure that you release mail pieces. I'm not saying that it makes sense to do this every time, but sometimes it's appropriate to release a mail piece to bloggers maybe the night before it hits homes or mailboxes. And by doing so it's going to create a little bit of news, it's going to drive some more traffic, who knows, people might even be looking for your mail piece before it gets to the mailbox. This is going to expand the reach of your mail. Now you have to ask yourself some strategic questions whether or not you're giving up some sort of element of surprise by being out there before it hits mailboxes, and that's up for you and your campaign to decide. What I wanted to just kind of briefly go over, though, in this podcast was a couple tips and tricks I think they are going to help you with your direct mail program. Good luck to you, and I hope uh, you have victory in whatever you're trying to achieve. If you have any questions, by all means, shoot me an email. 
It's Chris at Faulkner Strategies. That's C-H-R-I-S at Faulkner Strategies, F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R-S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-E-S.com. Or you can always catch me on Twitter as well at Chris Faulkner. Talk to you later.